Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Thank you. 
became a living soul, became a man. He became conscious of God who was around him and and also his environment. Uh, Job 33 puts it this way. It says, the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the almighty gives me life. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. And so from the very beginning, it was God's design that you and I would have an intimate relationship with him, that we would walk with him, that he would provide for us, that he would watch our backs, that he would protect us, that he would help us, uh, that he would strengthen us, that he would grant us peace, as we heard today, uh, in the midst of turmoil and difficulty, that God would be our strength, that he would be our all in all. But when man sinned, the original plan for his life, which was to have this living relationship with God, was marred. It was derailed. His choice to live life independently of God brought misery. It brought pain. It brought shame. It brought suffering. It brought death. Taking him far away from his original purpose for being. Then the second Adam, which is Christ, came. Hallelujah. Thank God for the second Adam. Thank God for Jesus Christ. God, by his spirit, came once again and breathed into the dust of the earth, breathed into mankind, breathed into a woman, and Jesus was born by the spirit of the living God. The plan was that Christ would pay the price for all the wrong things that we've done. And the debt of all those who would trust in them trust in him for their salvation, would be paid. They would be restored to right standing with God and to the original purpose, the original life God had planned for man from the very beginning. And as a result, man would become God-possessed, God's possession. That would be the first thing that would begin to happen. As he began to trust in God and give his life back to God, God would begin to take over his life. Hallelujah. The government of their lives, those who chose to trust in Christ, would be on his shoulders, on God's shoulders. And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, would direct them according to his will. They would suddenly be God-gripped. God would lay hold of them. And he would begin to lead and guide them and direct them and provide for them and open doors for them, and shut doors for them as well. You know, we need doors shut sometimes. He would shut doors as well, and and he would give them peace and purpose and a reason for being and direction. And this life all of a sudden would become thrilling and exciting. Like I tell the young people, you know, sometimes we look at extreme sports. There are all these different extreme things that you can do, like jump out of planes. You know, I've done that. I've jumped out of planes. I've you can scuba dive. You can do all kinds of stuff like that, extreme sports. And there's such a rush when you do these things. But I tell you, when you serve God, I, listen, I used to get high, and there is no rush. There is no high, like when, when, you, when you're serving Jesus. <laughs> there is nothing like walking with God. So, there is nothing like walking with God. It's such an adventure. And this is the life that God had planned from the very beginning, serving Christ is never boring. If, you're, if your life is boring, you've missed it. If you're, you've missed it. You need to go back to the basics. Go back to foundations. I, I recommend go back to foundations class <laughs> and start from the very beginning. This is an exciting life. It's an incredible life, walking with Jesus. 
walking with John. You never know what he's going to do next. <laughs> so your life becomes God-gripped, God-possessed. But not only that, God comes along and by his spirit, he causes your life also to become a fruitful witness for the glory of God. The Holy Spirit begins to cause you to bear fruit to the glory of his name and the things that were there are no longer there, your character flaws and things like that. God begins to work out and deal with you and cleanse from your life. And all of a sudden people see a change. They see a difference. Hallelujah. When Jesus died, he said, it is finished. Everything you and I will ever need for life and godliness has been provided. His work was done. His mission was accomplished. Job 10 puts it this way. You have granted me life and favor, and your care has preserved my spirit. John put it this way, it is the spirit who gives life, what true life is. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives it, and the flesh profits nothing. I think of a young lady who shared her testimony with me. She said her mom was a Christian, and her dad practiced witchcraft. Her mom was a Christian, and her dad practiced witchcraft. So you imagine the conflict in the home. Finally, her dad couldn't take it anymore, and he left. He left. But as a result of the light, the peace, the strength this young girl saw in her mom, she was drawn, she was compelled to follow her mom, even to follow her mom to church and had this just desire to want to discover what her mom had in her life. And so from a very early age, she began to question her mom about what her strength was, where her strength lied, and her mom began to share Christ with her, and this young girl gave her heart to the Lord at a very young age, and as she grew older, she continued to go to church. However, she soon learned that attending church was not enough. Folks, it's not enough just to come to church and go through the motions. The lack of fueling her faith and pursuing God by having an intimate relationship with him and reading his word and spending time in prayer with him eventually caught up to her and caused her to give in to her fleshly desires. She soon found herself lying and stealing and entertaining movies containing violence and pornography. Eventually, she found herself fornicating, which means having sexual relations outside the marriage covenant. She began dabbling even in homosexuality. Finally, she found herself miserable in a dark place. And that dark place produced a cry in her. That misery produced a cry in her. And she came to the point where she began to cry out to God and finally rededicated her life to him and started reading about God's promises to finish the work he had begun in her life. And the Lord led her to a verse one day in her devotions, and it's in Romans chapter 6, verse 14, and it says this. Sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but you are now under grace. Hallelujah. (laughs) And she found freedom from all these life-controlling habits. God broke these habits over her life, and she began to make the right choices, good choices, even concerning what she watches and listens then those around her began to see the difference. They began to recognize that this girl is not the same anymore. 
She started getting involved more and more in youth groups, started going to the young adult meetings on Sunday night, eventually started going on missions trips. Hallelujah. And she was willing to share her life and the faith that she had found in Christ and what God had done. And she even was willing to share about the poor choices, the poor decisions she had made with others so they wouldn't fall into the same trap, wasting their time when they could be spending that time knowing Christ. Hallelujah. God is awesome, folks. I said God is glorious. But do you know after walking with God for some time, we can begin to let our guard down when it comes to this issue of sin? We can lose that sharpness in our convictions, if you know what I'm talking about today. Job 5 says, man is born to trouble as surely as sparks fly upward. There's this thing in us, this itch in us, this inclination to want to go back to Egypt. That's why it's so important that we don't forget how terrible sin really is. As a matter of fact, Romans chapter 7, verse 13 talks about it. It talks about the exceeding sinfulness of sin. Folks, we have to beware of being, uh, of taking sin lightly and thinking light thoughts about sin or thinking lightly about sin. When we first get saved, our conscience is so tender that we are afraid of the slightest sin. Do you remember those days? The slightest thought, the slightest word, the slightest motive or you know, anything that was there that might arise in our hearts, we were afraid of that thing because we didn't want to grieve God. We didn't want to offend this loving God that we had come into a relationship with. There was a fear of God in our souls, a fear of God in our hearts. But over time, we can become callous. It is a sad thing that over time, because of the constant bombardment of the world, the pressure all around us to conform, we can become so callous that the sin that once shocked us all of a sudden no longer alarms us at all. And to a certain extent, we can become comfortably familiar with sin. Before a little sin startled us, and the next thing you know, we're saying, well, it's only a little thing. It's no big thing. I mean, it's just, and then we start to justify it. Well, at least I'm not like that brother over there. Or at least I'm not doing what that sister over there is doing. Or at least I'm not where I used to be. And we start to justify it. We start to make excuses. We start to rationalize these things. Then another sin comes along. And then another. And then another. And the next thing you know, we're seeing sin as a light thing, a little thing. Oh, it's just a little lie. Oh, it's just one secular worldly song. It's just one song. And so we have that song playing on our headphones, on our iPhones, our iPods, or whatever you want to call it, MP3 players. It's just a little flirting with that person you have no business being with. It's just one glimpse of an image or picture, a poster you should not be looking at. 
I thought of a story that was in the news not too long ago, and you'll remember this story, of a woman who brought home a chimp. It was a little baby, and she got it. And she took care of this thing and nursed it and loved on it and taught it all kinds of tricks and fed it and nurtured this thing and even introduced it to her neighbors, and, and it was in her house, and, and the thing grew larger and larger over time, and she just, you know, played with this thing until one day her friend comes over the house, and this thing rises up and mauls her, disfigures her friend almost to the point of death. A little chip. Oh, it's just a little thing. We become so familiar with it, and all of a sudden this thing rises up in our lives and it takes over. I can't help but think of Samson and Delilah. Folks, Samson started flirting with the enemy way before Delilah came along and brought him down. He had other occasions to get this thing right, but he didn't. Beware of thinking lightly of sin. The scripture says, he that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. Is sin a light thing? Is it a little thing? Well, like the scripture, I tell you, when you read the scripture, you see it's like cancer. It may start small, but it spreads. And the end result is death. Scripture says a little leaven, leaven is the whole lump. Is sin a little thing, a light thing? Ecclesiastes 10.1 says, Dead flies cause even a bottle of perfume to stink. Yes, once foolishness, one action of foolishness can outweigh a pound of wisdom and honor. Another translation puts it this way, Dead flies putrefy the perfume's ointment, perfumer's ointment and cause it to give off a foul odor. So does a little folly to one respected for wisdom and honor. Don't little strokes of an axe bring down mighty oak trees? Think of someone who has done great things. Then they go and do something foolish, something dumb. Something stupid. The tendency is only to remember them for that one evil, dumb, foolish accent. That's all you remember, right? Am I right? That's the tendency, just to remember that one thing. What are those things, I want to ask you this afternoon, that you are devoting yourself to? that have given you an occasion for compromise in your life. I think of the young people today that are so much, well, not just young people, adults as well, are on Facebook. You know, I've got, I've, I've, I don't have a Facebook account, but through my secretary, through my wife, I can go on and visit other people's Facebook profiles, and it's amazing to me the kind of stuff I see on these profiles, the, the pictures, the music, the stuff that's posted. Twitter, 
texting, gaming, video games, computer games, Xbox, PlayStation, all these different things. Sensual and violent video games are obviously wrong. But what about the games that aren't wrong but just time-consuming? that you give yourself to when you could be spending that time with the Lord in prayer. Now, folks, there's nothing wrong with some of these things as long as obviously it's not evil and contrary to the word of God. But there has to be balance. What about pornography? I had a young man in our youth group that told me his dad, he and his dad sit down and they watch porn together. And his dad is not churched. But this is norm. And folks, it's not just the guys. Girls. Girls as well. I think of someone this week I was speaking to who was telling me they were cleaning a computer of a girl. Because they're a techie and they, they, they were cleaning this computer out for this young lady and found all types of porn on there. Sports. Nothing wrong with sports, as long as it's put in its proper perspective. Friendships, relationships. If there is compromise, the devil has an inroad into your life. Romans 6, 12 says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to its lustful desires. Do not let any part of your body become a tool of wickedness to be used for sinning. Instead, give yourself completely to God. Since you have been given new life. And use your whole body as a tool to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. For you are free by God's grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is sin a little thing? It caused the crown of thorns to be placed on Jesus' head and his heart to be pierced. It caused him to suffer until his dying breath. May God help us to see the exceeding sinfulness of sin and keep us in this generation. Galatians says those who live only to satisfy their sinful desires will harvest the consequences of death and decay. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the same Spirit. Hallelujah. You can give him praise. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer. Romans 8 says, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you through Christ from the power of sin that leads to death. Are there areas of compromise in your life today? I was believing God that the Holy Spirit would put a finger on those areas. Like he's doing in all our lives. Folks, these are the, it's late. It's not time to be playing games. 
it's too late. Jesus is coming. I said, Jesus is coming. Would you bow your heads with me this afternoon? I want to ask you simply, plainly, if the Holy Spirit has put a finger on an area of your life and you say, Pastor, that's me, I I want to go all the way with God. I'm not building any halfway altar. Uh, I want to go all the way with God. I want to live for God with all my heart. I want to be identified fully with Jesus. I want my family to have undisputed testimony before them of a life that God has changed and transformed. If you say, Pastor, that's me, I want to go all the way with Jesus, I want you to raise your hand all over this place, up in the balcony in the annex as well. Praise God. You can put your hand down today. Maybe you're here for the very first time and you've never been in a place like this, but this afternoon hearing the songs, the worship, the poem, everything that's taken place, the word, something is stirred in your heart and you say, God, I, I feel something today. I, I know this is truth that I'm hearing and I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you're backslidden and you want to come home to Jesus. Would you raise your hand today all over this place, all over this place, up in the balcony in the annex? Praise God. Praise God. We're going to stand together quietly and reverently, and I want to invite those who raise their hand to come to the front here. We're going to worship. We're going to worship together. And then we're going to pray and believe God for complete and total freedom, healing, deliverance, restoration this afternoon. Step out of your seat all over this house. Up in the balcony, go to either exit. In the annex, you can come over. We'll wait for you as we worship in Jesus' name. Praise you, God. Lord, we bless you. We agree with you today. Lord, thank you that we can walk with you when we agree with you. Hallelujah. Those who have responded, would you just raise your hands as a sign of surrender to God? I want to lead you just in a simple prayer. Jesus Christ. Pray with me. Jesus Christ. There is no other name that is worthy of my life. I give you all that I am. Take complete control. No more gains. No more compromise. No more, comp- no more evil. No more uh, toying with sin. Today, I surrender. I yield everything to you. I give you complete control. I ask that you would glorify your name in my life from this moment on. I love you, Jesus, and I believe that you love me and that you care for me so much that you have come today to deliver me from anything that would eventually kill me. Thank you for loving me so I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I praise you, God. 
and I thank you in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
A message from the U.S. Department of Justice, National Crime Prevention Council, and the Ad Council.
Hey, churchgoers. Looking for the little morning inspiration? Well, listen to Morning Inspirations and the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
His credits are too long to live. He has done the impossible time after time. He has, out of a manger in Bethlehem, Jerusalem, by way of heaven. His mother is still headlining in the Catholic Church today. His daddy is the author of a book that has been on the bestseller list since the beginning of time. He holds the record for the world's greatest fish fry. He fed 5,000 hungry souls with two fish, five loaves of bread. He can walk on water, turn water into wine. No special effects, no camera tricks. He has a headshot on every church fan across the country. Even before the kings of comedy, he was hailed the king of all kings.
Good morning to you and yours. This is your Sunday, early Sunday morning gospel program. Morning inspirations. We'll be back in the morning. So hang in there. And now for the weather. Today's weather brought to you by the American Stroke Association. All across America, it's a clear, beautiful day with temperatures in the 70s and not a drop of rain forecasted. However, it seems African Americans can expect a chance of rain, ah, and a chance of hail, a chance of multiple Class 5 tornadoes. And if that's not enough, watch out, a chance of a freak meteor shower later this afternoon. The odds are it's going to be very dangerous out there. It's called the odds. And the odds are African Americans suffer almost twice the risk of having a stroke as white Americans. But the forecast doesn't have to be so gloomy. There are steps you can take to help beat the odds. Start by calling 1-888-4-STROKE or go online to strokeassociation.org. Join the power to end stroke. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Teach boys early that violence against women is wrong. Learn how to start the conversation at teachearly.org. That's teachearly.org. Brought to you by... Creatures Without Violence and the Ad Council. Well, howdy! Thanks for coming to Big Bubba's. We got a mess of used cars. What can we do for you? Uh, we're looking for um... something cute. Well, here's a beauty, a 99 model with a moonroof. As a bonus, we'll throw in a leaking gas tank. You could be driving and kaboom! Adds that zing of excitement. You got any other cars? Wouldn't it be great if you could be warned of life's risks? If you have diabetes, you can. There's a simple blood test called A1C that can help measure your risk of complications from diabetes. Why is it important? Because more than 600 people every day die from diabetes and its complications. If your A1C is above 7, your doctor can show you how to lower it. If you have diabetes, know your risk. Know your A1C. Ask your doctor. Or for more information, go to www.diabetesa1c.org or call 1-877-TEST-A1C. Brought to you by the American Diabetes Association, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation International, and the Ad Council. Where do baby smiles come from? No, it's not gas. They're imitating the monkeys. So says evolution. That's next on today's Creation Moment. And now our Creation Moments host, Ian Taylor. Did you know it's practically impossible to laugh without smiling at the same time? Will you try it sometime? Oh, you can make laughing sounds without smiling, but you can't laugh for real. Well, if you're anything like me, you just might laugh out loud when you hear what evolutionists are now telling us about why babies smile and laugh. According to evolutionists at Kyoto University, babies smile not because they are amused or because they are trying to communicate with their parents. Babies smile for the same reason that monkeys smile, to facilitate the development of cheek muscles, enabling humans, chimpanzees, and Japanese monkeys to produce smiles, laughs, and grimaces. And they add, spontaneous smiles don't express feelings of pleasure in chimpanzees and Japanese monkeys. Rather, the smiles are more similar to submissive signals and grimaces rather than smiles. According to study author Masaki Tomonaga, we can infer that the origin of smiles goes back at least 30 million years, when old world monkeys and our direct ancestors diverged. Really now, do evolutionists honestly expect us to believe this? 
There's nothing funny about evolutionary nonsense like this. The reason we smile, even when we're babies, is because God created human beings as emotional creatures capable of expressing an incredibly wide range of feelings. When's the last time you thanked God for such a wonderful gift? Creation Moments exists to glorify God by presenting evidence for the literal truth of the Bible. For more information, visit our website at creationmoments.com and join us again for another Creation Moment, proclaiming evidence of God's truth. This is Ann Graham Lotz with Daily Light for Daily Living. All around us are broken homes, broken hearts, broken hopes. But God never intended us to be broken. He didn't just create us, plop us down on planet Earth and say, Happy birthday, now you can guess your way through life. God as our creator has specific directions for our lives. Psalm 119.2 says, Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with a whole heart. If we live according to his directions, our lives work. We're blessed and we experience life the way it was meant to be lived. If we ignore or reject his directions, we do so to our own detriment and experience much less than he intended. His directions form a pattern that prevents breakage of our lives to help mend the brokenness already present. Listen to me. Trust in his words, then follow his directions. Your life will work. This is Ann Graham Lotz. Noah's Ark, what did it look like? Answers with Ken Ham, one of the speakers at the very popular Answers in Genesis seminars. Now, while the Bible doesn't give us all the details concerning Noah's Ark, it does reveal how big it was. And the ark was an enormous ship, around 500 feet long, 75 feet wide, and about 50 feet high. Now, over the years, many creationists have pictured the ark as a big rectangular box. But if you come to our creation museum, you'll see Noah's ark pictured a little differently, but still with the biblical dimensions. Our ark expert, he's an engineer, well, he discovered that an ark with flat ends might break up because of the force of the waves. So he's suggesting a bow that's shaped more like a modern ship. And he also found that many ancient ships had a fin on the back and on the top. Our engineer did many experiments in water and found that such a fin acts to catch the wind and then turns the ship towards waves, and it helps make it very stable in rough seas. You know, such a vessel, well, it really could have survived the catastrophic global flood recorded in the Bible. What else does the Bible say about Noah's Ark? We hope you'll call and get a copy of our 95-page pocket guide on the Ark, and it's yours for a donation of any amount. Call toll-free 1-888-89-ANSWERS, 24 hours a day at 888-89-ANSWERS, or get the pocket guide on Noah's Ark through our website of AnswersOffer.org. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Before me, 
Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Jesus, thank you that you loved me enough that you became a man and died on the cross and paid the price for all the wrong things that I have done. I'm sorry for my sin. It's my sin that puts you on that cross. And I'm sorry. I don't want to live in rebellion to you anymore. I ask you to forgive me. And tonight I open my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead, from the death of sin. You are giving me a new life, the life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Oh, let me ask you, friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way, there is no other message. For there is no other way, there is no other message. Oh, come to him, come to the Saviour tonight. Come to him just as you are. Come to him in your sin. Come to him in all your needs. And cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself truly to him. And you too will enter into that joy of sins again. Peace with God and eternal, abundant life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Could not express. 
8pm Wood Nation Talk here you on know, Talk to the Jam Radio. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. God bless you. Have a wonderful and blessed Sunday. And we'll see you at church here.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.